Yo. <coughs> Hello? Hello. Well, that, that's better. There's there's no echo this time. You want to see my face? <laughs> of course. <laughs> I was going to set it up on my work computer downstairs so you could see my face, but I realized I didn't have call recorder. But I was like I was saying, I just had, I think, my sixth session on the Seba skates. I took them to the old skate park, and I put the undercover wheels on last night. Oh, nice. And uh, I got to say, you, what's that? You had some from, oh, you had some from the power blading frames. Yeah, yeah. Because we were originally going to make an edit, but then we just ended yeah. up saving the footage for what's in the next video. And um, Todd, I think, someone said in that one winter edit that Todd made the power blade frames look really good, just in that one edit anyway, so... That was that was marketing in itself. He did one of the cooler uh, power blade tricks. Sorry, well, whatever big wheel tricks that I've seen. When he did like a pivot and then did crossovers on a fat rail, like his his wheels stuck to the rail and then he two seventied out. He did like two crossovers and and you could hear like the urethane squeaking against the fat rail. That's the that's the best sound. It is a good sound. I haven't experimented with that yet because I'm not. Uh, I'm still like getting used to the style of skating. Because mm-hmm. this is pretty much what I want to talk about for the first while of the podcast is my experience with these skates and these well, frames. Well. If that's cool with you, I don't care. Yeah. Um. Oh, by the way, you're recording already. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so sorry if I'm chewing. No, I'm going to be doing hookah, so there'll be noises on both sides. Oh, I'll I'll smoke some hookah, too, once I finish my food. It's a good after-meal thing, hey? Oh, the best. Adele once made smoking cigarettes sound like the best thing ever when he said, like, after a meal, smoking a cigarette is one of the best cigarettes you'll have. So this is this is close, hookah. It's good. It's the, yeah, well, I used to smoke back in the day. Yeah, for a while, hey? Yeah, so, yeah, hookah is, uh, I guess uh, with cigarettes, it's so accessible because you have them in your pocket, it's so easy to always smoke, but with a hookah, it's more of a a ritual. ritual. Definitely, definitely. If there was, was like, a ritual for alcohol, that would be good, but talk about easy to get. Or cigarettes maybe are easier to get than alcohol, hey? Because you can buy them... And, like a tw- and at like a 24-hour gas station, like if you really wanted cigarettes mm-hmm. at 2 or 3 a.m., you could get yeah. them. But I guess it depends what country, too. Oh, yeah. Who knows? But you know what I can compare it to? What? Like the smoking cigarettes versus the hookah. It's like watching skate edits online or like watching a skate video online. You can like... Like it's so accessible kind of like cigarettes in your pocket you can always go and find something yeah then the hookah is like buying a dvd and watching it when you're like in the comfort of your home and definitely watching it uh with friends too yeah uh, i find that that that's awesome if you have like a new video and you Mm -hmm. watch it with a group of people or even like a couple people still that's like hookah it's the ritual there's a ritual built on watching skate videos that we grew up with. So, wow, that is a good that is a good comparison, Leah. 
Mm, yeah, thanks. that's very good. Speaking of which, I I, uh, I ordered straight from the source. So sorry, I didn't get it from Shop Task, but I got that uh, that new Strange Creatures video. Did you watch that yet? Um, we got it in the Toronto store. Ooh, but um, the Voodoo Show. Yeah, uh, I saw some of it in the, when I was in Detroit. Yeah, it's really good. I'm excited. I've heard a lot of good things, so um, I wanted to support the source. But we'll find out if it gets shipped in anytime I, I soon. Or the source. <laughs> yeah, I bought a shirt too. Um, I bought yeah. a shirt and a video. So I'll report back on this podcast. Maybe this will put pressure on the person if they're listening to send it to me soon. Because Shanti, I'm still waiting for my shirts from <laughs> three years ago. Oh, nice. Eighty-five dollars. Yeah. Do you want to? They're, they're in production, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. They're coming. They're coming. I still the have long, faith. The longer it takes, the better it's going to be. I know. I'm just really looking forward to those shirts. I specifically <laughs> ordered them. I don't know if I've said this before, but before Mushroom Blading Volume 2, I ordered them two or three weeks before we went to go film that video because mm-hmm. I wanted to to wear them during that trip. And uh, so that's maybe it hasn't been three years. Oh, no, that's three years, I think. <laughs> three years. Yeah. Maybe you watched your video and it was like, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's really that's not going to like what's going. What? That nope. he just hates maybe. your skating. Maybe. That is a possibility. Yeah. It was always uh, argued what the uh, the use of the sample of of footage in one of his videos. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Um. What was I? Oh. So. Yeah, I put the undercover wheels. Can you still hear me? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, oh, okay, I just cool. went to the fridge because uh, they didn't include wasabi sauce in my thing. Luckily, I'm equipped, and I have some wasabi. Wasabi sauce or wasabi? Uh, wasabi like, paste. Paste. I have, like, the real shit. You need a lot of it? Uh, it depends on the, like, sushi places. It's usually, like, kind of, uh, it's pretty, uh, what do I call it? It's not very strong. It's oh. pretty mild in most sushi places, so I can use a lot. But uh, I have some real shit from a Japanese store. <laughs> You're a good man to talk to for like the good shit, hey? Like you would have good recommendations for for food and food items. Um well, I guess better than some, but uh Vinu is a good guy. I've heard that. Was that was that you who told me or Todd? I can't remember. Everyone will tell you the same thing. He's all about eating food. So he knows like the good grocery stores and things oh, in yeah. Vancouver. That's they can be so daunting sometimes to like know when you go in what exactly to get. So there's a lot of experimenting that goes into it. Yep. A lot of failure. I agree. Kind of like mushroom blading. Um well, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Experimentation. Yeah. And and odd failures. But um one thing I, I do want to say is that uh, the Wacky Mode videos would have been a hundred times better if they were in Seba's. Yes, you told me that. Because um, there's not a lot of grinds in those videos. It was just more skating in open space. And uh, my first experience of... Especially... Well, my sixth experience tonight, especially 
it's such a different style of skating in those skates. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many pre-programmed aggressive skating movements that I do that, like, you don't even really have to take stride sometimes. Like, I lift up my feet when I don't have to. You can yeah. you can really keep them stuck to the ground and get speed. And um, turning into things is really interesting. Like, you don't have to go straight into tricks. You can, like, carve into things. That was the coolest part that I want to start exploring, if that makes any sense. Like, it feels more natural to jump from a carve than jumping straight onto something. Because mm, you have more of a momentum, maybe. Yeah, and there's some movements that you couldn't do in a... in a, Well, you could, you could have a rocket set up in your aggressive boots, but it wouldn't feel as good, like some very precise things. Yeah. Um, but uh, what else was I gonna say about it? Oh, eighty millimeter. I with my aggressive like habits, mm-hmm. I wore them a bit loose on the top at first, and uh, then when I buckled them up just a little bit tighter, I found that I skated a lot better. That you can't, you couldn't really get away with wearing them loose if you wanted to do tricks. If your feet didn't ever leave the ground, but like for jumps and stuff, yeah. Even jumping into a bank once in a while. Um, they felt like a little bit more wobbly around the cuff, but that was just me. Like you and Todd probably do yours up full tight or do you do like half? What do you do? I do mine really tight and I also have uh, really, really thin liners. Um, I have those like intuition liners. They're super thin, but this way I actually managed to squeeze into a smaller shell, like the size 38, 39 shell. Which is a what six? Like a six seven shell. Holy shit! Um, which is really really tight. And uh, yeah, so mine are tight, super responsive. Yeah, really good skates. Uh, the the rems liner, the bottom portion of it, probably feels a little bit like those intuition liners, but it's a little bit puffier around the top. Yeah, exactly. Um, but they they felt really good, like. Uh, I might experiment more with the deluxe liners, but they felt quite padded for for me. Yeah. Like I started skating better once I put a thinner liner in. Yeah. Um, and it even inspired me to cut like I cut my tongue out of my rims mm-hmm. because how good the sebas felt with no tongue. I I thought that that was because if liners already have tongues, why would you need another tongue? If that makes any sense. Um. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Yeah, the undercover wheels. I found that uh, it was even like colder weather, and the Seba wheels were really good, but a little bit too soft. Interesting. They're actually like a pretty hard wheel. It could have been like I was doing lots of. I shouldn't do this in in wheels because I'll go through them too quickly. But lots of like the wheel slide things. Yeah. So, the undercover wheels. I was doing more of them tonight, and they felt harder that they wouldn't, I don't know, they'd be able to take that a little bit more. Okay, okay. And the gyro wheels I was going to ask you about. So Hmm. everyone says those are really good. They are, but the undercover, like the power blading wheels, are better. They have a stronger core. The Seba wheels were much lighter, though. Yeah, because they have a bigger core. Um... And then, why do people say the gyro wheels? Then, why are, is that? 
the best the best wheels like uh in those sizes are the matter wheels which is exactly the same as the power blading wheels like it's they're both made in like this the same factory oh it's so they're a power slide yeah brand. so power slide owns matter and they make their like racing wheels and like their you know those 80 millimeter they're like neon yellow or matter juice wheels those are like amazing and everyone swears by them like in cone skating and stuff they've been like really good for a long time gyro is like you know a close second but the cores are not as strong and i i met a few people that uh even like some slalom skaters now started using the power blading wheels um like for heavier guys because the cores hold like last a lot better i had two sets of gyros and the cores kind of cracked over time yeah but it happens to almost like every wheel over time. Mm, um, I've never, I've never cracked a core. Well, maybe you're not aggressive enough. I fuck. Do I have to get more aggressive now? I was pretty aggressive tonight. I was aggressive, but I had the undercover wheels. So yeah, those are good. Those are the best. Like I skate them. AJ skates them. Um, yeah, they're the best. They're a little pricey though, but they are the best. Well. They feel they feel quite quality to, to mm-hmm. put the extra money in. So I have a theory about these these uh, the big wheel setups and especially Seba skates. It's not much of a theory, but um, there's so many tricks. I don't even know if they're tricks so much as they are movements. Like you know all the pivot points that you do for cone skating. Yeah. That apparently there's how many? Twenty seven. Twenty four, I think. 24 is that the exact like scientific amount or can more be found no i think that's the exact amount somehow naomi figured it out like she's the one that um, came up with this like pivot theory or whatever it is and do you know all 24 no how many do you know i don't know i don't (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i don't practice like this so my theory is that the in the far 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 future these like the pivot points and aggressive skating will be combined but we're not there yet because there isn't a skate that feels like both skates so it'll take time to like develop like people that skate cones going out and street skating quote unquote but not like not like going to a skate park and skating it like an aggressive skate. It's like actually skating street mm-hmm. with the pivot points and doing using everything on the street with those big wheel setups. But it's like we're so programmed to do aggressive skating that it's just like the beginning of exploring because that's what it feels yeah. like for me. It feels like I have to actually skate for a little while when I first put them on um, to kind of get out of my habits. Like I was skating the park as I would with aggressive skates at first and it was fun but like I could feel myself wanting to do grinds and and things and then when I started doing little pivot points and practicing like inside outside edges weird turns um, I started to like realize the importance of learning this skate and there's lots of stuff that you can't do in aggressive skates hello is this Leon yeah yeah this is me Oh, oh hi this is Joey McGarry. Oh, oh, how are you, Joey? 
I'm fantastic. I have a beer. I have hookah. I went skating. I went for a long walk. I wrote. I edited. I uploaded stuff. I'm winning on this Saturday. Oh. <laughs> wow. That sounds like a hell of a day. Wow. Wow. Good for you, Joey. What did you do today, Leon? What did I do? Let's not ruin it by saying what I did. Oh, okay. But uh, I worked all, all day. That's more than I did. Well, in some ways. One second, Joey. I was so nerdy. You don't need... Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I was so nerdy that I brought my work computer home this weekend and I directly went from staring at a screen all week, all day, to staring at the same screen. Like I brought the screen home and just kept it in front of my face. Um, and that's what I did. I, nerdy things that I've been doing is um, YouTube finally got a custom... I always feel like I talk in a different voice for the first bit. Um, YouTube finally got custom thumbnails. Are you stage shy? Uh, no, no, no. Just sometimes when I'm speaking to myself, it, it sounds like I have a presenting voice for the first bit. And then I, I try and downplay it, and then that's bad too. But eventually you just forget that you're recording, which is nice. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, YouTube finally uh, added a custom thumbnail feature. So oh, I've, I've been uploading new... Uh, thumbnails that are more clickable for random web browsers so like all of the titles for the videos and things because <clears throat> usually on YouTube you'd only have the choice between three stills and sometimes like sometimes one would be okay but um, yeah. with this new feature I'm pretty excited and then eventually I want to work on um, adding better tags to everything for for uh, search engine optimization Oh yeah. Um, have you ever done that? Like, have you ever explored tagging possibilities? Uh, like ed on edits. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I always put like random stuff. Has anything? Uh, has anything? Um, had a good return based on like if you put um, tits. Uh, no, I never tried stuff like this. I <laughs> I didn't. No, I didn't put anything like that. But like, but a good one. You can put in like pro names. Um, but that does, I don't even know if that works anymore. Yeah. Like, like if I'm in Chris Haffy skates, I would put Chris Haffy skates. You know, but I don't. I don't know if that makes a difference. There's just so much crap on YouTube anyway. Um. There's there's companies that do that, hey. Like there's a company in town that I was editing video for, and it's, um, you pay them for search engine optimization, for your website and for your, all of your YouTube and Facebook and all that crap. But I'm sure Todd knows all about that anyway. Oh yeah, like we do. Yeah, it's super important, but at the same time, it's kind of like you got to be clever with like how you do it. Yeah, I think thumbnails are really important for the, like the the picture of the thumbnail. Yeah, the when someone's just casually browsing on YouTube, you know how like you click on a video and then you see a related video that looks interesting and then you click on that. Yeah, <laughs> it needs to be like an interesting 
uh, still because people are going through information so quickly of course, yeah. that it can't just be something I, I, like the human face is really interesting but I also think like titles like uh, if you can see the title and it looks really cool um, that's important so what, I did the, what's, the, what's the best thumbnail you can think of in a video um, or, oh for any video for, for like edits online something recent um, really good shit Anything that that looks like a a really it has it has a title and then it also has a really cool still behind it. So um, I'm trying to think. You know when it's like I like the flip flops one, not to toot my own horn, but I, I only made that one that way because of I watched a lot of stuff on Vimeo. There's a lot of really good ones on Vimeo. Mm, yeah, like well, uh, they had the thumbnail for a while now. Yeah, exactly. So I I had done all of them for for Vimeo, but but not for YouTube. So like on Roller News, especially, it's it's very important. Um, yeah. But I guess he takes thumbnails, that guy. But like in the staff picks section of Vimeo, it's always like really interesting thumbnails. Like the new DVD cover now is the the thumbnail in a way. Mm, yeah, that's right. Can you think of anyone? Mm. No. <laughs> no, I can't. Sorry. I really liked um there was a Barcelona Matias Oh god, I can't remember his name. Von Grum Gromoski or Barcelona early sessions or something and it was okay. it was one that Richie and Dustin were in. That was really It's like where it looks like almost like a designer made it sometimes I like those but I also like really interesting faces mm. I'll have to get back to you on that but anyways that's what I was doing I, I was I was also I'll, what I'll what? start paying attention now yeah because it it's weird it's like um there actually has to be doesn't there doesn't have to be thought put in it but I do take note of it now that I that I make sure the thumbnail is something interesting just for my own sake now i think that it's part of the whole experience mm -hmm. that that or it doesn't even have to be called the thumbnail because on vimeo people are browsing on nice screens that's uh that's a whole other can of worms though i was also editing a bit of the 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 video that i'm editing for you today. okay cool and so, um i'm really enjoying it do you think it's going to be worth worth it? Uh, I think it's if it's if it's a short piece, yes, definitely. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, two. Did you see the last the last one, uh, the Barcelona one? Yeah, the song was a little too slow for me, but it was really good. I guess we shouldn't really be secretive about it. Whatever. Oh, we don't have to be secretive. <laughs> it's not like a big project. Oh, speaking of thumbnails, I really want to use that, the mute grab on the ice skates for the thumbnail for oh, that. Oh, nice. Yeah. Because um, I think that kind of captures, that one still captures the whole thing, right? In my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I have it in like full resolution if you need it. I think I have that on the on the drive. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. It would be there. And that, right. was, that was his first time trying ice skating, right? Not sure. Maybe. Because uh, 
I, it I was definitely not as good as like the Canadians. Like yeah. Eric and uh, Dan were just killing it. And it was so interesting. Like people will see this in the edit. Like CJ, who we were talking about, he he was using them like his aggressive skate. So it was really really interesting to see like how that translated. Because mm-hmm. um, it's hard. Like if you've just been rollerblading for a long time and you strap in ice skates and you try and uh, put weight in certain areas of your feet, like like the way you would set slide, it's death. Like stopping in ice skates is so different than it feels closer to like the rockered setup is the closest I've felt to ice skates the way that it feels in terms of like weight transfer and turning and all that stuff. Yeah. So you had ice skates on there too, and you were filming. Yeah. Can you? Are you pretty good in them? Not, not really. Like I'm not as good as like a, a typical Canadian. But I can do like uh, I can go fast. Like if I go to a rink, I'll probably be one of the best ones in the rink. Like I can go the fastest, but not as good as like uh, people in rinks usually suck anyway. <laughs> what about like uh, stopping both ways? No, I can't. Like I can't really do it very well. I'm kind of getting better, but yeah. And then the. I- I don't do it enough. I I skated like this year. That was like the second time. So I skated twice this season. Yeah. Um, and it was one time with my girlfriend and one time just like filming, fucking around. It's a really good couples activity. It is. And it that is. Uh, rollerblading is too, but rollerblading for some reason seems more dangerous for people than ice skating. Ice skating is just as dangerous in my opinion, but it's only because it's, it's a, like a... It's in a confined space, so there's the, you don't have to worry about any inclines or jumping off of a curb or traffic. So, you know when rollerblading is gonna explode when the cities will allow all the ice skating ring, rinks downtown to be a rollerblading rink down, like you know, in the summer. Why is that? Like rollerblade rentals. It, that just the thing that makes the most sense. Like those spaces are like designed for it. Have you looked into that that one space? Um, uh, where the fuck is that? By the art gallery. That one's that one's made for for roller skates and rollerblades. Yeah. Why is I haven't looked into it, but I know there's this uh, instructor in town. He tried to like fight with the city about it and whatnot. Um, but no, the city doesn't want to do it. It's some sort of a stupid liability thing. Ah, oh, even so just. The- Anyways, go ahead. So yeah, the space is just empty in the summer, and there's like kids break dancing there. It, they can break dance elsewhere. That's but a... yeah, that's where people would because with skates, the big the big problem like why skates don't sell. Well, I mean like why skating rollerblading is not as big as ice skating because when you see like you walk into a store, you see a pair of rollerblades, and you can't really like picture where you're going to actually do the activity. Well, because it's fucking scary to do it. Um, just You can't strap them on in front of your house. There's so many factors exactly. re- related to fear where those simple little things like if there's a cut in the curb that goes down and you go onto a road, um, people need to be confident with that. And there's no, there's really no spaces. Yeah, so the the per, like people don't buy skates because they just can't 
imagine themselves doing it because they don't know where they're gonna even go. Like if you you go through like a store, you see a, like a basketball, and you're like, <laughs> I know where I can use it. Like you can actually vision yourself doing the activity. Versus with skates, like for the average person, he has no clue. Like they look at skates and they go through like things in their mind, like. Oh, I can do it in this parking lot. I can do it here. No, this is too scary. No, this is too steep. No, this place would have too many like experts. Like you know, like buying skates and going to the spot where everyone in town skates. You don't want to look like a fool, right? Yeah. Go to a place where everyone looks like a fool, which is like an ice rink. So it takes a lot of like. It takes someone, like a regular person, getting into it. I guess a lot of imagination. <laughs> yeah, and it. It's weird how uh, culturally ice skating, it's very, very normal for people to own a pair of ice skates or to buy a pair of ice skates and have them in their house and to go out in the wintertime around Christmas. It's part of like Canadian culture, but um, it really is to do with the spaces, hey? Yeah, it just, Be- just you don't know where to go. Like with ice skating, it's like, oh, let's go to, you know, you clearly know where you're going to go. Yeah. Imagine just ice skating around the city, like <laughs> if you live in like a really cold place, Montreal, <laughs> people don't do it. Um, and the cities like uh, Kamloops does uh, market their bike paths like as inline skating. And, and I think for like the Rivers Trail, which is there's like a concrete path that goes kind of from the old skate park um, across yeah. the bridge and like on the pamphlet brochure for the city there's like a stock image of a kid in full pads and rollerblades so it's like it does get marketed but it's still this bizarre thing that you will see people skating and I have seen more especially in Vancouver kind of before I moved I was surprised at how many people use the seawall still but the seawall like in certain areas there are inclines yeah. certain areas and that's fucking scary yeah the seawall is pretty advanced for <laughs> like a complete noob there's a few hills there that you, you can't do it on your first day oh the one by the uh second beach yeah it's is it you know the hockey rink area where um where yeah. Br- brian long did the, isn't there a dip there and then it goes up oh but it's not as major there's nope. one like when you go further down, there's a big, like, 45-degree turn. Closer to Davy. Uh, no, you pass... Um, so it's past Denman. You know, when you actually get where the seawall starts? Yeah. Uh, where you kind of turn the corner and then you go under this overpass? Oh, yeah. By yeah. that seafood restaurant. Um, oh, by that spot... Oh no, never mind. This is probably. Did you ever skate around the seawall, like all the way around? Um, I think a couple times. I would always just go from Science World to uh, in like the beach by Davy Street. Yeah. Skate to that Starbucks and then hang out at that beach. So. Yes, never actually. That the seawall actually starts, like the run, like the ten kilometers. Yeah. You keep on going to Second Beach, which is like you pass English Bay. And you keep on going, you know, like where there's like a there's a public pool. There's yeah, public pool and shows and all this stuff around there. Yeah, the public pool. That's a 
Oh, Vancouver's awesome. That makes me miss Vancouver right now. I yeah. love doing that. And also, um, it's so crowded that it's advanced in that way that if you if bikers are passing you or you have to pass bikers, that's like I had to learn that etiquette. Some some hardcore guys like people have mirrors on their helmets. Mm-hmm. So they can see if people are coming. Yeah, yeah. Some people I, are hardcore. I did lots of shoulder checks, though. I didn't. I don't think I could have graduated to a mirror. Um, yeah. Okay. One, what? I can. I can picture you being an old man with a mirror on your helmet <laughs> in, in the skate park. <laughs> that definitely, you'll be that guy. <laughs> no way. Or I'd have like part of my hair braided with a mirror dangling off. That would be good. Actually, that wouldn't work very well. Imagine using a mirror in the skate park. <laughs> <laughs> those uh, those Google glasses, um, yeah. those would have a feature built in where there would be like a real-time camera shooting behind you. And you could just have sunglasses that, that would show. Like, you know those in cars, how they have like the backup camera? Yeah. They'll have that probably for bikers and things eventually. Yeah. So, my original theory, Leon. Okay, sorry. What what do you think of of uh the distance between when you use your sebas and when you use your aggressives? Does it feel big or does it feel close together? Cuz it when I use them, they feel so entirely different to the point that I don't think I would bring both in one day. I would I would have to dedicate like full chunks of time to either setup. Okay, I guess to answer your question is what aggressive skates? <laughs> Whoa! So have you committed fully? No, no, I, no. I'm still gonna like skate aggressive skates and do grinds and stuff. But um, I honestly like I don't have the need to like put on aggressive skates. And if I do, it's just to do a couple of grinds. Yeah. It, I guess it's like those are like the fun little practice, uh, like fooling around skates that's what an aggressive skate is now to me and what about- so slow, but you can go like and do weird grinds and things like this and then the sevas are just like skates uh, well like those big wheels are just skates that i can like put on my feet get out of my house and like own the city you know <laughs> the aggressive skates you don't own shit <laughs> rolling that- around feels like sex on your feet in in the sebas is like when i switch the liners out and not that the the deluxe liners are amazing and probably when they're broken in they'll be good but it was when i put my rems liners in i was able to tighten the skate even more like closer to my foot my yeah. first session in them was i you got to try the uh, the intuition liners i will i that's, will that's the next level I think I, uh, we actually, I'm actually gonna make a setup like exactly because those skates are not sold with the rocker setup. Oh, so the rocker setup that you got—that's like a custom setup for you. I think it, if people are getting those skates, they should be rockered. I think I'm gonna do uh, like a put together a skate that's gonna have those intuition liners and a rocker setup, kind of like a a shop task like special skate. Yeah, that's kind of basically my skate, and that's my skate. The way I see it is the best all-around skate. Like there's nothing anywhere near to be good for everything. I, I 
<clears throat> I remember when uh, at Dallas's Steg when you had your setup going. You didn't have the undercover wheels. You had the yellow. So those were the gyros. Oh, okay, you had the gyro wheels in. But I remember the stuff that we filmed on that trip and some of the stuff that you did would have been. You could have done it in aggressive skates, but it would have been like fifty percent of the speed in control. Or I just wouldn't do it because I wouldn't. It wouldn't be a, the fun thing to do because of aggressive skates. You're forced to skate a certain way because they're so, because of the way they roll, the way they. I don't know. Everything about them makes us skate the way we skate. The sabots just make you a different person. It's like it changed me. <laughs> it oh, well, it changed the way I thought about skating when I was like, I was going nuts texting you and Todd when I had tried them with the, the REMS liners, and I can't remember the last time that I, I loved a pair of, like, the way the skates felt so much that just before I went to bed, I put them on again and mm-hmm. went outside and rolled around some more. Even um, the speed really surprised me. Like, when I rolled from my house to the, the hockey court by the mm-hmm. house, they were yeah. fast. They were really fast. A, a question. Because you that? have... Um, you have a pair of bond skates, right? Yeah. Um, so you've been experimenting on like, you know, different skates for a long time. How, how are, I guess you have been experimenting with like fitness skates and uh, everything like a long, long time before me. Yeah. So I guess my question is, um, how do you find the Sebas now compared to your Bond skates? Like, what's the advantages of the Bonds, and what's uh, uh, what's the differences like from the Bonds to the Sebas and to aggressive skates? I've said it before that I think there's three setups that people could have. Like, if you're really into skating, and then f- if you're if you have lots of money, maybe four. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, um, the Bonds. I use for long distance. Like I wouldn't use my Sebas for long distance on the road. Like if I'm going from, I went with with a friend um, from downtown Kamloops to Padova City, which is like I'm not sure how many kilometers, but if you're doing like long distance, the bonds are amazing. I still think they need to work on the the some of the parts. Like, my K2s could take a little bit more of a beating in terms of the Velcro was better and the strap was better, but the actual boot and the... I really liked the mount in the middle. There's Okay, there's, uh, yeah, the third mount. The third mount was a lot faster. Um, mm. So Interesting. Yeah, because it would make it a lot more responsive. Yeah, and I'm surprised... Really? Um, uh, there are some possibilities with... A, with, with um, having a middle mount on on other skates mm-hmm. especially if the H block came back and it somehow mounted there was three points and the H block would mount to the middle of the skate there's some possibilities there um, but the bond especially I would never um, I wouldn't use cool. Seba what's, you know what's what up? this is brilliant because if you have a mount in the center, it would make you so much faster or like so much more solid on any like H block tricks. Yeah. Because if you think about it, there's so much flex like in the center of the frame. Like this plastic flexes a lot. Like if you're doing backslide with all your weight on it and or like if you're doing a front torque, 
and you put all your weight on it, like there must be some flex there. Yeah. So if, if you had a mount there, the frame wouldn't like bend at all. And what I mean flex is like it kind of separating from the sole plate a bit on one side. Absolutely. I, if you think of your foot, the center of your foot is there's muscles in it, right? But if you think of if you were to do a fast slide in your bare feet, the way that you balance on it, yeah, um, you wouldn't want like your foot to flex at all. Mm -hmm. You want it to be wrapped kind of around the object, if that makes any sense. So, yeah. Todd and I have drawn skates before that have like it would almost be yeah three mounts and that the H block mm. like the the middle H block would be really close to your foot and then the wheels it's hard to explain I'll have to show you a drawing sometime three mount is uh, it's nice and then you can actually design it in a way like once you figure out like the final like wheel size that you want uh, then to have the three mounting points in a, like set in the in the places that you'd be able to remove the frame without removing any of the wheels between the first and the second and then one in the center and then one between the uh, third and the last so you're talking about like a like a steel or aluminum like a metal chassis that the wheels are on and then it would be a plastic piece that goes over top of everything Oh, well, that's a whole different discussion. Oh, god damn. We need to be... This but, needs yeah, to... A skate needs to be made out of... Like, the base of the skate and the base of the frame has to be made out of metal. Yeah. There's, and that's why your sebas are so amazing. Did you take the frame apart? No, I saw, I saw that there's different mounting points that I haven't really thought about. Like, have you changed your mounting points at all? No, but the fact that it's like a huge metal base. Yeah, that's amazing. It's very responsive. And the frame is so solid because it's, again, like really good grade metal and stuff. But then the hardware between them as well, that's like a 6 millimeter bolt versus a 4 millimeter bolt. That, you like, can definitely feel that. Because they, they have a, like a, it's a more industrial, like a wider bolt, which just, yeah, I don't know. It just feels so... And probably the the thicker you go, the wider you go with that bolt, probably more solid it's going to feel. Yeah. yeah. That's why I think we've talked before about UFS has limitations. Many, many limitations. I think, like, yeah, it could be a better system. Um, And, like, on the Seba skates, the aggressive skates, do they make their own stock frame for it? Uh, yes. And it, it's like a Create Originals, kind of. Uh, yeah, kind of. Like, Create and Ground Control, Youth. Like, the idea of, like, you know, the centerpiece is, uh, like, less friction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they're, I don't know, they look good. At the end, it all comes down, like, the materials, right? So, once the final product comes out, if, like, if it has good plastic... That slides really good and stuff. Yeah, uh, that's really going to be the test. I'm still very into the Volo frames for uh, flat. I, I did really like the blank frames, but I think if I'm going to skate those, I would skate those anti rocker. Mm. Those the material. What's really important for me is the bolts. I need to crank them as as much as possible and have metal spacers, 
and for them to feel solid on landings. Yeah. With no rattling sounds or anything. Um, yeah, pedal sp spacers are really important. That's why I was going to try the youth co-frames, but I think the spacers are plastic and they're built into the frame. So I, I'm not going to try them. Um, but to keep going on the one topic, I think for, for bigger wheels, like just fitness or rec skates, if I was going to be doing like a really short distance... Um, maybe I would use Seba's or just a regular fitness skate, but um, and that's where it comes in. Seba's feel like a free; they're my freestyle skates. I could, I would put those on though, like if I was skating with with my girlfriend or something, I would put on my Seba's and not my Bonts or my aggressives. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I would skate long distances. In my sub if you could do the seawall and it would be <clears throat> I would skate them differently like I would just I would have fun like turning forwards and backwards and things like that mm. I would make the seawall more of a skating adventure than I would my bonds are just like exercise like go a very long distance listen to yeah. music get into like a zone with striding and it's like a rhythmic form of skating where you're just striding constantly and keeping your speed in your glide gliding so, constantly yeah definitely so bont or like long mount skates are like full on fitness training getting into shape skates my sebas are like my freestyle skates and my aggressive quote unquote or whatever you want to call them like those are now just specifically for like grinding and set slides and mm -hmm pretty much that's pretty much it for those like yeah it's funny because for me it was a, a similar like i don't have a pair of bonds but i started with a more of a like a training marathon skate the like a rollerblade tempest 90 so it's a lower cuff like it's not as low as like a speed skate like yours but um it's still like a low cuff uh kind of like a carbon fiber type heel yeah uh and I was skating them around the seawall, and I really liked it. For, that was like my long distance skate. And then, uh, and I was uh, slowly. I'm planning to get like a pair of speed skates. I'm actually probably going to get one this summer. Um, but anyway, and then I was kind of between like aggressive is fun for this, and then the other ones are really fun for the seawall, like going far. Uh, and then the sebas when I started using them like the 80s like I still saw all the advantages and like aggressive skates and like the advantages and like the other ones and I would kind of be using all three of them for like a few weeks <laughs> and then I just decided like most of the stuff I really want to skate and like explore possibilities that because I find with those with an 80 millimeter setup there's so much you can explore and kind of reinvent skating absolutely because uh, like no one has been doing it like no one that like actually um, I guess aggressive skaters you know like no one has been using like a good 80 millimeter setup for years no well and uh, <clears throat> that's a whole other thing because the aggressive skating what we grew up with there was never 
that was never an opportunity because they tried to push so hard away from that style of skating. So yeah, it's new. Cool. Like I said, it's like it's new territory. Or you just said that too, but yeah. Yeah, I guess uh, the point is like no one explored it, and you can. I guess aggressive skating sometimes is a bit boring because like you, there's nothing new to do. No, and the new stuff that, uh, like the first thing that I felt that I was texting you and taught about was that there was a bunch of things that I did or was trying to do that are just gonna it's gonna be way better in Seba's. Yeah, exactly. Like specifically, there's this one thing that I did at Riverside where I did fakie one foot stair ride. And then I did a full turn on the one foot, like around in a circle, and then went fakie one foot stair ride down the bigger set. But I had to like hop on my skate to keep speed. Oh yeah, that would be... Like, and now I'll be able to do that, but I might even be able to throw like a swivel on one foot, and the and the turn is going to be so much sharper, and I'm going to actually be able to like gain speed. Exactly. Um. So that alone, like just... I remember that being so hard in my aggressive skates. And I remember that trick. And you, you looked, imagine someone from the side looking at you doing it. You looked so <laughs> stupid, like jumping around on one foot. Exactly. On like a pair of like a rocket setup of like six skates, you go down, do the swivel. People would be like just blown away. Yeah. I remember that was, so I showed my sister that trick after I came home. And she was blown away by that trick, even just because she was confused that, like, how could you go downstairs on one foot and then go in a circle and then go downstairs on one foot? But it was, like, really unrefined. And there's no reason why I shouldn't... I don't know. Ah, There's, like, like, no reason why the aggressive skates would be good for that. Especially for your style of skating... Yeah, you've been living in the in the darkness for way too long. But I have this question. Do you miss being able to just... There's some ideas that I have where instinctively I want to I wanna do a, like a frontside set slide or quickly like drop into a back royale or is that just my aggressive skating programming? Because the... It, pos- it's, it's the withdrawal uh, <laughs> period. Because <laughs> I've been feeling that. Yeah, yeah, and you'll feel it for a while. And like, I would go to a skate park on Wednesday nights, and I'll be with my big wheels. But the skate park is not really the big, the best place to use them. No, uh, that I, that that's that's a huge topic that, that I want to discuss. But anyways, go ahead. Uh, that's the beauty of it that it's not that great in the skate park. And uh, I guess a lot of people try it when they go to the skate park to try them, and that's the wrong place to try them because. The skate park is designed to do all the stuff we've been doing there for years. And I guess it's not that it's not designed for it, but it's so hard to break out of uh, how you like view the skate park. Like when you come into a skate park, like subconsciously you assess like everything in there, you know, like what you can do, how you can like approach it, how fast it would slide. And then with the big wheels, you need to assess it in a completely different way. Yeah, um, it's really easy to come up with new tricks, but it's really hard to get into the mindset. Exactly. Like even the most simple things, it just uh, you never look at the, like at the stairs as like rolling down them, you know, in the skate park. You always see it as an obstacle. Yeah. You would almost have to 
Look at the skate park as if you stumbled across it as a street spot. Exactly. So maybe it's easier if you go to like, it's your first time in a skate park with big wheels, then yeah, it's a different story. Um, and yeah, actually the skate parks that I did go for the first time, on those skates I had like really fun. A lot of fun. I had really fun. <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot of fun. It, it's so weird. Tonight at the park, um, there was the old skate park. There's like a walking trail. And I saw someone that I knew um, when I had just first put my skates on. And I was thinking to myself, like, fuck, if I was in my aggressives, because I knew they were like watching to see something good. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I had just put these on. And I was like, the, I talked about it before, but like, the best thing I can do in that park, like the crowd pleaser trick, is like air over the hip. Maybe if I have my aggressives on i'll do like a like a weird long set slide or like a nice 540 but mm. i w had all of my aggressive tricks coming up and then it was uh, i was like stuck i was stuck thinking of things and then after they left i was doing all these crazy ass pivot things um and it was almost i think more impressive to some people walking by than if I was to air over the hip. I know exactly this. Like, I went through this stage. <laughs> it's, so what is this? Six months ago. Is this called aggressive withdrawal? What is this? Yeah, I guess. You just start, like, realizing what tricks are... Because when you were talking about people watching you in the skate park, the thing that you don't realize is... The stuff, like, really simple stuff could impress people. And I'm sure you know that, like... A really basic like jump over like something is really impressive to people. Yeah. And if you do it with a lot of speed and control and like you lift your legs really good, um, it's way more impressive than you doing like 20 switch ups because it just looks a little silly. Like for example, the trick that you did down the stairs, you know, roll down one set, pivot around, it looks stupid. Like it just doesn't look like you... Um, like a person walking by would say, this is clearly not what it's designed for. No, it's uh, that's where I was saying, making the joke about um, experimentation and failure is kind of like the mushroom blading. Like, not every experiment that you do in your skates is going to work out, but I, I felt like when I put the Sebas on, or it could be big wheel setups in general, specifically, you could even have uh, like a power blade frame and, and have a rocker setup or you know shorter wheels on the outside the stair rides alone like there's a lot of stuff that i did that didn't have any grinds or anything that mm -hmm. i was doing it in these skates but it wasn't it, it was okay but i guess what you don't realize the things that you can do it's not about tricks anymore no it's about like it's so hard to explain. Is it about like carving almost and being on your inside and outside edges and retaining your speed and and It's all about like I guess it's all about shifting weight. Like weight like proper weight transfer. That's what skating is becoming like um No, I know what you mean. I did this really weird thing tonight and um if you imagine a hockey player uh on a breakaway but there's one defenseman so can you see that picture in your head yeah 
and you have the puck and it looks like you're going to use your edges to go one way and then at the last minute like you're you, it almost looks like you're going to spin to the left and then you quickly change your weight and spin to the right and do a full turn so it's like it looks like you're going to swivel to the left and you're controlled but then at the last minute you do a swivel the other way so it would be like in the air, it would be like if someone could do... You could never do this in the air, but if you were spinning... It looked like you were spinning a Switch 360, and then you just changed direction and spun a 360 the other way. Uh, does I don't yeah. even know if that makes no, any no, sense. I know what you mean. That, obviously, you can't do it in the air, but on the ground, because you have a rocket setup, you can, like, from going... You, not, you have, all of a sudden, with a rocket setup, every skate has four edges. Yeah, it's crazy. Like this this movement that I was doing, I wanted to film it just to see what it looked like on camera cuz it was like I it's not possible to do it in shoes. It's possible to do it in ice skates, but like it would be impossible to do with an anti-rocker setup. But you see what I mean when I say four edges? Yeah, there's um your your inside and outside edges on your switch and regular spinning way, if that makes any sense, right? No, you have on each skate, you have four because you have the front two wheels because when you lean forward, the two back wheels are not touching. Oh, that's right. And that's why when you do pivots, you'll be on like your toe as an anchor point, right? Yeah. But when you think about it, uh, on a rocker setup, when you like put your weight on your toes, the two back wheels are lifted. When you put your weight on your heels, the two front wheels are lifted. Well, sorry, probably technically, yeah, the two front. No, it makes sense because... Um, so you can be on your back. So like the boot is all of a sudden divided into like heel and toe because you're on two different like sets of wheels when you're on your toe and on your heel. And then on your heel, you have two sides, the inside and the outside edge. And on your toe, you have the inside and the outside edge. So technically, you could go from like back outside edge to like front inside edge, or kind of like so you could change those directions as you go from like front wheels to back wheels. And that's where uh, that's where I started to really have fun because yeah. there was things that I could not do in my other skates, and it was so fun like experimenting with that stuff, like going up a bank and using the gravity of, of going one direction and then switching, it's almost possible to switch directions three times, like just doing weird curves. And like I was saying, that like that direction turn thing, you could mm -hmm. integrate that as a move. And it's technically not like you see people do it in cone skating, but when you integrate that into stairs and jumping on ledges and different levels of things in street skating it's crazy mm -hmm. what you could do like you could ride down a set of stairs and it looks like you're going swiveling to the left and then you swivel to the right it's 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 the closest i've felt to like quote unquote like a freestyle skate because it's yeah <laughs> and when they said freestyle rolling this, it's actually freestyle roll, rolling around. Freestyle rolling around. Yeah. Um, all around. <laughs> all around. And also intuitively, when I tried cones for the first time, I even surprised myself just how my 
feet were able to move? Like going oh, up on the heels and toes and things? I want to skate uh, cones real bad. Todd killed me the other night. He's well, good. He's good. He's been training with the best, dog. I know. And I, I ha also have a feeling that cones are really good, but the reason... And I definitely want to go if there's another, like, local cone competition. Like, another if there's another thing in Seattle, I would go. But I would never do the scary one that you did. I feel like because you guys have aggressive skated, you have a different style of cone skating. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, and that's where, that's where when you take them street skating, that's where I think the good stuff happens. Because you learn skills while you do the cones but then you're like oh i could totally apply this to like just simply coming out of a bank and coming back down a bank the amount of things you can do is insane yeah it's true insane um insane. um what else was i gonna say about that yeah uh, the the possibilities more people should experience this. It but, kills me where aggressive skaters are so stubborn and they just are not willing to experience this amazing feeling of good skates. Leon, it's mentally challenging because you yeah. think that they're not as good as your aggressive skates, but that's not true. They're completely different. Exactly. They need to go it's through not, the withdrawal not period. Not like a comparison thing. It's not a like a contest. There's like three different, like you said. It's funny because we're exactly on the same page. There's three groups of skates. You know how companies connect, like put it into like so many different. Every company has like five different categories. Yeah. And they're all a bit different. Once this is for street, for park, for slalom, for freestyle, for for free ride, for cross training. For fitness, for recreational, for speed, for marathons, for high, uh, high performance skate, uh, distance skate, <laughs> kid skates, juniors. I don't know. Like, there's literally like 50 different categories that like companies uh, and shops all around the world. Like, the terminology of skating is all over the place. So, but it all comes down to three categories, which is like you said. There's the aggressive, which is skates with up to like 60 millimeter wheels, and then city, city skating. So it's like everything like between 80, uh, well, pretty much from 72 to 90 millimeters. So you can still go around the city and be semi-maneuverable. And then everything above 90 and above is like speed and distance. And that you could, if you were a very, very advanced skater, you can sometimes, like I've used the really really long frames with 110 millimeter wheels you can use those for city skating it's possible but you exactly. use it like in the bike lanes and stuff yeah so there's a always like a crossover between yeah. them it's so defined um yeah but the city skates like the if you have like a nice 80 millimeter skate like you just can't have yeah you need the two skates like you can't can't live life with just having the one skate. Oh, and how I was saying, you remember how I said if you were rich, you could have four setups? Yeah, what's the fourth? The fourth is um, a big wheel setup that's really easy to get in and out of. Like, um, 
Oh, you, like, you know, a shot, like a dupe skate. A dupe or a shadow, I think, is a very specific, like, I would call those, like, commuter blades. Like, if you wanted to go to and from work or you wanted to, like, uh, bomb down a hill to a pub to meet someone or something, like, you wouldn't want to take... Exactly. You, yeah. you could take your Sebas, but it's so sweet to, like, have a little backpack and yeah. have the skeletons with wheels and then just wear the shoes. I think that's that's a fourth yeah. possible setup where one day a, a, a few of those things could cross over, but I'm not sure. Like, I don't um, they need they should. Like, you have four pairs of shoes, you know, for different yeah. occasions. Have a few pairs of skates for different occasions. Yeah. And then this is where an even bigger conversation comes into play that I think like if I got to design my own skate from scratch, it would, it would be, it would have a little bit of aggressive and a, and a lot of the like Seba style skate where it's possible to have like, I would love to have 70 millimeter wheels sunken into the boot. So it felt like sixties with with a rockered frame somehow i think that's possible but i don't know i think i think it's possible but yeah it's kind of like exploring this like subcategory of the 80 millimeter wheels because it just kind of so you can do a little bit of grinding and stuff is that the reason <laughs> well i think tor like um you know how i do i do torque swivel a lot like the pay the the cork or the peyote spin yeah like i wish i could integrate that into pivots and and have this point on on turning where it's a very fine line between a cess slide and a carve and you just want to be able to touch your boot easier yeah like um just a little bit but i don't want too much plastic you know i want like i don't want a shadow soul plate i just want things to be close to my foot so a mix of just a little bit of set slide but do you think that's even possible i don't know i think i think you have to let go i know hey do just, i just explore it like you'll find enough tricks you're just it's so you're just trying to hold on to like certain things that you really like but you just got to let go and uh, learn new tricks it's true have you thought about um, that a skate park is designed for like there's there's so much history around the obstacles that skateboarders have used and BMXers have been able to adapt to it right but have you ever thought about what a rollerblading park would actually look like or um, have we not even figured out you see because rollerblading park just adapted to be a skateboarding park but let's just it's say like, oh, skateboarders do it we should just all do those tricks which is nothing wrong with but i think skating it has way more that's that what haven't like touched like we're so much more than like and in different ways we're so much more than a skateboard like we have the like we're way more advanced like technologically you know it's like a skateboard is so it's just a, a board with wheels underneath imagine before a skateboard or rollerblades existed if you're like oh i want to put something under my 
feet, you know, like roll on something. The first step would be like taking a board and putting wheels under. Yeah. Because it will be too difficult to like attach the wheels to your shoes. Yeah. Because, yeah, they had like scooter, scooter cart things. And uh, that's a whole other thing. But, um, and that, uh, in Dogtown, isn't it? Have you watched Dogtown, Leon? Dogtown and yeah, the Seaboys? That was really good. That it was, uh, they took uh, roller skate trucks, right? That's how skateboard yeah. trucks happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, their technology evolved from people strapping wheels to their feet. Did you know the first Mick Twist was on <laughs> roller skates? The what, sorry? The first Mick Twist was on roller skates. Interesting. Uh, a skateboard. The first skateboarder that did it saw a roller skater do it. I can't remember the name, but um, I thought that was really interesting. Huh. That the first like inverted wheelie spin was on roller skates, and I think the roller skater rode. You know that Brian Wainwright, like the crab, crab stance or whatever it's called. Okay. Where your no, feet. No. Anyways. <laughs> um, but what I was gonna say is that, you know. Rodney Mullen, right? Do you know that skateboarder? Yeah, 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 for sure. So he developed so much of of modern skateboarding because he he skated flat ground and and yeah. he would win all of the freestyle competitions, which was just. Oh, I just watched a really good movie about it, The Bones. Uh... Oh, that is a good movie. Bones Brigade or whatever. Bones Brigade. I. Yeah. I found it to be like sometimes you know when they're trying to make themselves look re- really hardcore um that that stuff bothers me but um the part on Rodney Mullen was great. Yeah, to be honest I did fall asleep halfway through but uh <laughs> it was the idea I was like oh sick cuz you know I always look for stuff to watch on Netflix and I saw this movie but I never like wanted to watch it and then I watched it the other night and it was yeah, Rodney Mullen was like so amazing to watch. Like as he was like a little grum, he was like the geekiest. He was like I don't know. Well, he had to be. He had to be kind of like coached and convinced into street skating. Hey, but yeah, like the idea that at first he was hated on because he was doing all these weird tricks. And he just he designed a lot of modern skateboarding just having a board on flat ground and it was the the marriage between street skating and flat ground freestyle that kind of made what skateboarding was today and rollerblading hasn't had that yet yeah like it's uh, exactly there's the separation yeah and uh, yeah I think that the 80 millimeter wheels is the beginning of of like rollerblading as it's no I guess it's the beginning of how skateboarding started and like what it is today like developed to its own like yeah I definitely think hey. that the the pivot points combined with aggressive skating is where the mo like um, amazing possibilities oh god and hand plants too I keep forgetting that like the hand plant possibilities with pivot points and oh, oh man you can do pivots instead of using it as like one of your hands as a, the anchor. Oh god! And like uh, kick out swivels and things like that. I saw Todd do like um, when he was skating cones. He can like he kicks his foot for momentum. 
yeah. and can like swivel around, it looks so good. Yeah, yeah, that looks really good. I've and been... cone skaters, I that's they... where it's like the aggressive s- skating upbringing. I don't, I haven't seen cone skaters do stuff like that really. I agree. Um, and a little, but it's not, it's not considered cool, so they don't explore those possibilities. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> That it's such an unfortunate uh, block between everything, but it's it is exciting to go out and and use these big wheel things. But the question that I was going to ask you about, like if you were to design a rollerblading park, um, it, watching some of these recent videos, like the Shadow video specifically, I've found that rollerblading spots and territory is really opening up. So interesting have you ever thought about what a rollerblading park would look like yeah it's gonna be like a nice mellow downhill that uh yeah i guess like a ski hill a mellow ski hill with lots of different things like imagine like if the mountain had cement on it and it was a bit more mellow oh totally how fast you can go and like carving from side to side did you remember that um, that MTV uh, course? And I think Feinberg won it. It was like a light downhill. MTV Sport and Music Festival. There's a famous picture of Feinberg doing like a 720 over a car in White Solomons. Probably. I'm just not. I can't um, at the moment. Yeah, downhill course. Oh, man, downhill course. Yeah, because... Oh, man, so good. Sorry, I'm just gonna make some tea as uh, as we speak. So okay, I'll keep going. Um, what was you hear me oh. like when I'm talking from a little further away? Yeah, I can hear you. I'll be yelling. That's okay. Um, yeah, that's good. Okay. Um, I found is speed control easier in Rockard too. I found that like carving on hills back and forth. Yeah, of it, course. It feels a little bit more. Uh, uh, safer. Yeah. What? Why is that? Well, because your turning radius is a lot sharper. So, if you look, let's say, if you go down a hill and you, if you put paint on your wheel or something, and you do like the slalom, you'll see that there's a lot more. Like the zigzag is a lot like tighter. You're turning. Them. <laughs> um. Why is that? I'm trying to explain it in an easy way. Oh, I don't know. I just... Uh, it, like, I guess because it's so... Um, if you had to turn really sharp last minute and almost do like a hockey stop, it seems like it's more... I mean, at a really high speed, no. But on mellower hills, it, it felt amazing. Like... Uh, yeah. So that's... I guess that's to do with... it. Uh, is that the four edges again? Yeah, I guess that would be it. Yeah, you can like stop a little bit with your heel, and stop a little bit more with your toe, and like how you how uh, like the way you transfer this shifting this weight from your heel to your toe, you can absorb so much of the speed. Like you can slow down so much by just going from like your heel to your toe. 
But if you apply a lot of pressure on your toe when you go from your heel to like the inside of your toe, like you can slow yourself down so much. So you can like go down a heel kind of like this, um, like, you know, for kids, they would call it pizza position, <laughs> you know, where your two front feet, like if you learn how to ski, yeah, two front feet facing towards each other, like the toes are facing towards each other. Yeah. So if you go down a heel like this, when you want to slow down, you apply pressure on the inside of your toes, you know, oh. just to like push yourself against like the elevation, you know, like against the hill. Snowplow. You know, yeah, you're kind of like slowing yourself down. And then when you go to your back wheels, then they roll more freely. So you can kind of control your speed going from like one foot to the other, like just holding like your front toes, like, like how you shift your weight from the heel to the toe. But you don't go too far, so you don't like actually stop completely. You're just like still rolling, but you're controlling the speed. And it's so hard to explain, like for someone who doesn't understand like how a rocket setup feels. It uh, it almost feels like it has. It doesn't necessarily drift, but it just feels uh, more it, like it has more control. And I was gonna ask, is every free ski rocket now? Um, I don't know. You don't know? Oh. It's so funny because someone just sent me a text. Someone that I want to send him a pair of rocket frames. Uh, and he just like, I asked him earlier. I didn't tell him what I want to send him. Uh, but he just texted me his address. So, <laughs> speaking of rocket frames, someone is going to get a pair of rocket frames for their birthday. They're in for a treat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's someone you know. Ooh. Someone a lot of people know. Ooh. Um, what is the rocker on those on those frames? Four millimeters? Yeah, it's the equivalent to a seventy-six, um, eighty. Oh, so sweet. It's actually, not a four. It's a two. Oh, it's a two. Yeah. Um, have do have people experimented with bigger ones before? Like uh. Like, do people go four or five? I guess well, the reason it's two because it's like two on the top and two on the bottom, right? When you yeah. put the seventy-six, I, I do want to experiment more. There's this guy um, in Vancouver. This guy's like seventy something. But last summer, I came up with this idea that I think all skates should be rocker, like even the complete beginner skates. Um. And I figured, like, yes, it, it might seem a little more unstable at first. But if you give someone, like, five minutes on them and they figure out this, like, the balance point, they figured out skating. It feels more intuitive is kind of what it felt like for me. It felt really close to ice skating. And uh, it isn't, like, technically isn't every ice skate almost rockered in exactly. some way? So with ice skating, as soon as you figure out like how to balance, like how to not fall forwards and backwards, you develop those muscles in your like in the base of your foot to kind of like balance yourself. Like the muscles are working. So you figured out like how to skate. You know like exactly like how far you can go forward before you fall or how far back you can go. So you're kind of figuring out like a perfect position where you can be kind of like central, like like a neutral position. 
Oh, fuck. I completely forgot to tell you about this. You know the show Dragon's Den? Uh, what about it? Do you know that show? Uh, I heard about it. Okay, well, it's where people pitch business ideas to four investors, and it's really dramatic. And, oh, yeah. Uh, um, there, there was a, a lady who was, I think, like a figure skating or a skating instructor, and they ended up investing in her business idea, and I'll have to find the website and send it to you. She she was pitching to them like she had redesigned rollerblades, but all it was was it was an ice skating boot with a rockered frame, much like the Seba rockered frame, and they ended up investing because her pitch to them was that she had like came up with the new version of rollerblading, that it was like easier to teach and easier to do. Um, I can't remember the name of it though. Like she had rebranded uh, rollerblading into some different name because of the rockered frame attached to an ice skate boot. I thought that was really funny. Huh. I know. <laughs> but it's true. Like it's, it's not like it's changing skating, but that's the way everyone should learn how to skate. And if you, I guess my, I haven't really experimented with, with it, but to give to a complete beginner, like someone who never skated before, or experiment with maybe 50 kids, you know, give them, or 50 kids and 50 adults, and give them like a rocket setup as their first setup with no brakes, nothing, and give them, um, first you need to get 50 people that will agree to do it. Uh, especially older people, are, no, this is like too unsa unstable. Um, but I'm 99% positive, like I would put all my money on it, that the people that learn, like try the rocker, become like a hundred, like way better skaters, like for sure. I think you're onto something. So the seventy-year-old dude, what were you gonna say about that? Oh, like he, okay. The guy came to my store. He had a pair of nineties, and he came looking for something with more speed. I sold him hundreds, and uh, super nice guy. And. Uh, he comes back, he's like, you know what, Like, I don't like the hundreds. I was like, okay, try those. Try like 80s. And he was in love. Like He was just so blown away how much fun he was having in the store on the 80s. Yeah. Like, of like a harder boot. It was a rollerblade twister. And anyway, are, are those rockered? No, they're not. But just the idea of like short frame. Because the problem nowadays too, like the way all the companies market, like K2... You know, the shitty skates, they're 80 millimeters, and then it goes, you know, in like the fitness world, 84 is a little better, 90 is a little bit more, you know, like high end, and then hundreds is like the way to go pretty much. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but the boot isn't designed as well for hundreds. Well, it's not designed very well to begin <laughs> for anything, but they're marketing that the cheaper boots are, have smaller wheels as stupid. You know what I mean? like, so they're selling people on that idea of like you need to have bigger wheels so you're basically only designed to skate straight and they, the people don't realize, oh cool, so this is a better experience of rollerblading when I buy bigger wheels? No. No, it's like, almost... Or the experience. It's uh, especially if, um, if it's like a longer frame and you're on 100 millimeter wheels and there's not a lot of ankle support and it's a higher boot, it's going to be bizarre. It's not... So that's a problem for the consumer because, like, if you want to buy a pair of rollerblades, you go to a store, 
and most stores it's usually sold in like big stores that no one knows what they're talking about and the bigger wheel is like a more expensive skate it's more comfortable it's a better experience like that's how it seems in the store so if you want a good experience if you have money to spend you're probably gonna end up with the wrong skate guaranteed you'll end up with the wrong skate yeah the chances of you like stores don't even carry like eight good 80 millimeter setups because they like no one wants it the consumer is so stupid nowadays like the recreational consumer because all those companies have been feeding him like the idea of like bigger wheels is better it's faster or whatever um so they go into stores looking for bigger wheels so oh i want like the biggest you have i got money to spend and then they get like the experience of inline skating is only going downhill because back in the day the wheels like they didn't make like such big wheels like 80 or 84 was probably the biggest most skates had like 76s so then when you go to a store to buy skates you get a pretty decent like fun experience because you can turn uh you feel in control with the big wheels like as soon as you go over 90 like there's very few people you know anywhere that can actually like use the skate and not be awkward using them oh yeah even um when i've tried like a 90 or a 100 on a non low cut boot it's really weird it's weird and imagine using them not in an open space like around the city you look like an idiot so like going do you think 80 millimeter is like a magic number that's like right in the center like aggressive ones are 60 you know speed ones are 110 it's not really in the center but <laughs> <laughs> i guess my point is i don't know the 80s are really good and but it all depends on your foot size as well like the way we sell in the store like the way we recommend uh, so we i don't really want to talk about the store but I'll do very little. We do sell like we have a city skate category. And the city skate is everything between like 72 to like 90. Um, so when like when we sell Sebas, like there's um, like the 80 mil millimeter ones, as soon as they go above size 10, we have all the skates set up with 84. So we order them in, the, in a way that like up to size 42, you get to get like an urban city, good city experience, you need 80 if you're up to size 42. If you're size 43 and up, which is size 10 and above, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, um, your foot is bigger, so you want the wheels to be more proportional to your body, so you want them sticking out a little further. Um, so you don't want the wheels hiding under your massive boot. Yeah. It makes perfect sense, like with skis, you know, if you're a bigger guy with bigger feet, you need bigger skis to be like, to give you the same experience. In rollerblading, like, companies don't really look at, like, what experience, um, the, you said, like, if 80 is the magic number. I think 80 is, like, the magic number for skates, um, from size, like, I don't know, like six or something, size six to size um, eight or to size nine, six to nine, that's an 80 millimeter setup. Anything below size six, 
you want a 76 millimeter setup and everything above size 10 you want the 84 and in I, your and in your world you would make everything rockered if you could and in my world i would make everything rockered and like when you come into the store the problem like i just want to sell like the experience of skating like a rockered setup you know like when you go renting like ice skates it's not like you have a choice of like uh like a 110 millimeter blade versus like an 80 millimeter it's like you get a rockered hockey skate that's just the, you know the the frame is the length of your boot you know yeah definitely and there's there's different ways you can sharpen them too yeah i'm sure i don't know much about it but um you get like a this a similar experience doesn't matter what size boot you have do you know what i mean like it's the same frame i don't know <laughs> i don't know where i'm going with it but i think like the skate the you know how companies slowly figured out okay there needs to be three frame sizes not like two frame sizes is not enough um same with like soul place there needs to be more like like in the perfect world if skate like skate companies had unlimited amount of money each boot should have its own soul plate like its own like size soul plate its own like size cuff its own like everything its own size frame specific for that boot size and its own like specific size wheel to offer like an exact same experience but what companies do they have about like three like two to three options you know yeah to keep costs down instead of having you know 12 options or like whatever the size run of that booth is so instead of manufacturing like 12 molds for everything you manufacture like two or three molds for everything Shit. but the more molds like the more soul plate sizes like it's cool with the new shadows there's four sizes that's really cool that is really cool. What is like the magic size for uh, skates? Is it nine or is it ten? Um, Seven's pretty good. If you were a seven, yeah, it's a tough one because it's you're either a seven or a nine. If you're an eight, you're just fucked. Like, <laughs> or uh, like, or the opposite. You're actually skating skates that are comfortable. <laughs> but if you're like, yeah, between nine and ten can fuck some people too. On some skates and with some liners. Yeah. What about those uh, um, those truss liners? Are those kind of like the intuition liners? If people yeah. wanted to experiment with those in yeah, yeah, very similar. Well, in terms of thickness, um, but they're really good. Yeah, the truss liners are really impressive. I try them. I don't know how well they last. Yeah. My intuition liners. I had that like there just there's nothing to rip. It's just a foam. There's no foam covered with something, you know, like a layer of this or that. It's straight up like foam. Oh <laughs> shit! I gotta try these. So what? What's the thickness of the foam in these? Six millimeters. Six millimeters. Six so millimeters. Like, all around. Um. Yeah. All around. Dude, did, it's the it's the best. How did you discover these? Well, um, we sell uh, ski boots, right? Yeah. And uh, full-filled ski boots, and they all come with Intuition liners. 
So when we started selling them a couple of years ago, two years ago or whatever, one year, two years ago. Anyway, um, when we started selling them, I was like, well, this company, Intuition, that makes the liners for the boots is based out of Vancouver. So I was like, maybe I should go there and like talk to them and, you know, maybe film a little edit, um, get like, you know, the people from Intuition, because I'm local, to talk about their liners a little bit or whatever. So when we tried to film the video, like nothing really worked, when um, we didn't end up using it, but I did make really good contact with them. Yeah. Uh, so they're literally on the way. Like their warehouse is between my house and uh, the shop. It's in Olympic Village. And um, yeah, so I can basically pass there all the time. But they're super nice, like really, really awesome people, good company. And uh, I don't know, we started talking about uh, potentially making some liners for skates. Um, and then kind of like as like as we're looking, looking through different liners and what's the options and all this kind of stuff. Um, this liner, that they make liners for all different, like snowboarding, uh, water sports, this, that. Um, so this liner is actually designed for water sports. Uh, but the water sport, like on uh, whatever they call, like the skis, like water skis. Yeah. Uh, the boot on, that they use on them is kind of like the old rollerblade, like three buckle type plastic shell that you strap into. So like the shape of that boot is really similar to a rollerblade, like an inline skate. So I tried those liners and they're perfect. <laughs> anyway, that's a long story. <laughs> no, that's a good story though because uh, um, I love I love when people make uh, connections to things that shouldn't normally be connected so um and intuition i've heard really good things about the ski liner so it molds to your foot or what what's like the technology what is uh, intuitional like the the patent or whatever so they use better like they that's their foam so they have a patent on this foam and it's like a really really high grade foam not to get into too much information but in comparison to different reg like foams on the market, a regular foam is about uh, 30% density, like cell structure density or whatever. And um, which means like when you look at the foam, like if you cut it open, you'll see a lot of air bubbles. So it's yeah. not like a solid piece. So the density in there is about 30% on average for regular foam. And with intuition, it's 80%. So it's like really, really dense foam. Um, this foam, they actually make it uh, in either in New Zealand or something like this. So they don't actually make it in China. So they make it in a different country because maybe China just can't produce stuff like this, right? Yeah. So you have to like source it elsewhere. So and then they bring it to China. That's where they stitch the liners, and then they bring them to Vancouver to distribute. But they actually back in the day, this company existed for about thirty years. Um. They used to stitch the liners locally in Vancouver, like in that warehouse. And then slowly, as the company like became super big, now they obviously get to do all the stitching in China. But the foam is still made in like, you know, in that factory, and it's their own foam. They actually sell their foam to the medical industry in Canada. 
That's badass. So if you press down on this foam, is it it makes like an indent that lasts for longer, or what's the? Oh no, it's that's like I guess with uh, with the trust ones, it's more like that. But with this, you don't. It's like really, really stiff. You have to. But because they're so stiff, you can make them a lot thinner. You know what I mean? You can have thinner foam. Yeah. And still not get any like pressure points from the boot. So it's like a six millimeter sock. Like how high does it go in relation uh, to the Seba cuff? Oh man, they, just like the perfect amount. Like I don't know, like uh, <laughs> um, um, you know what I thought was an amazing design touch on the on the Seba skates or the cuff when um when I put the Rems liner in. That where the where like the V cut would be on the cuff, they actually made the plastic go out, so there's still support if you point your toe. Like there's still plastic there, but it's curved with the way that you would point your toe. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I've never I've never seen that on any skate. It's funny because it like the company is run by skaters, so like everything design wise. So there's always like actual like little improvements that, that are really, really cool. But I sometimes notice, oh, it's nice how they did this here. Because I have a few like older models as well. Yeah. And like sometimes when I take them apart, I see something that like is existing on the newer skate. I was like, oh, I see like how they improved it. That's like really smart from like a previous mold. Yeah. But yeah, it's, um, and that's why I think like Adopt, I was telling you, like would be amazing because they can constantly like Im- improve like the little things every time you make a skate definitely are you getting those in to the uh we have a uh, we have like two pairs um like just kind of like display pairs yeah and um it takes some time i have i actually have to talk to them but i want to get like all sizes um Ooh. yeah um uh- Imagine Blade Chun. Yeah. What did you get any updates about that? No, no. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. I think Dustin should be in Canada. I think uh, it's gotta be. It's gotta be soon. What about uh? What about the unofficial sequel to Flip Flops? I don't know. I haven't heard it from Denny yet, but I think it'll all be at the same time. Just everything. Yeah, you know what? I'm. That's actually. I'm really like excited about all those things. It's like every day I'm like, oh, imagine like if this came out today, this would be the happiest day of my life. <laughs> every day I think about like, oh, if this was to come out or this. I don't know, like seeing videos that we make is like the happiest time. <laughs> like that's what everything we do is kind of like in a, in a way that's all comes together and then like not nothing really matters when you get to see like the final product and so uh yeah definitely i i uh as i was uh uploading uh flip-flops i watched it again i'm so excited for more people to see that video mm-hmm. you and the the filming and the skating and everything in that is so good oh, oh i actually want to watch it uh yeah i want to watch it tonight i haven't watched it in a few months. And so, 
in the next video, have have I seen all of your skating that you've done for that video, or was it only part of your skating? Um. Well, it's part, but I, that's the best stuff. That's the best stuff. But everyone else's, there's lots of, there's probably like eighty percent of stuff that people haven't seen. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. I think it's gonna be interesting. Um, I, I kind of don't care anymore. Like, oh, so what? Like, if you saw those clips, yeah. I uh, I know you're still a little picky about it. I go back and forth. I haven't decided yet. I, I think uh, if it's done right, yeah, it just. Uh, I I think there's nothing wrong with it. I think um, when I was listening to Todd and and Richie talk and and Todd was saying he wanted to do highlight edits I, it made me think of it a little bit differently so that's why I made highlight edits so I think I'm changing my tune a little bit but yeah over time I don't know it just the problem is um, there's a lot of older stuff that's so amazing that people don't put out because it's old oh that shouldn't be a thing yeah, I don't know. Um, well, because by the time we make the next video, we'll be filming for it for like over a year, I think. So it's not old if people haven't seen it before, in my opinion. Yeah, I can't wait for the day that like people decide doing like same as skateboarding, like really good documentaries about like when rollerblading started and all the footage looks. You know, <laughs> old like the footage of like Rodney Mullen. Oh, you um, know what part's so good in that? Um, did you? I don't know if you fell asleep in this part. They were. It was like Mike Vallely was talking about um, that guy Lance Mountain. In that documentary, there was this part in a Bones Brigade video where it was like everyone was so good, but then there was this one section of Lance Mountain like goofing oh, around yeah. and having fun and. Mike Vallely was talking about, like, yeah. you would watch that video and you wouldn't, you wouldn't be like, oh, I can't do that, and it, you wouldn't get excited That's to skate. The and then you see Lance Mountain's part, and you would get so excited to skate. Yeah, because that Lance was the guy that makes it look doable, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, that's what he. Yeah, he made it look accessible, and I thought that was so. I think rollerblading still has a long way to go in that department. It, it's still like, uh, or sorry, aggressive skating is like. If you're new to it, it just looks daunting. <laughs> Maybe that's what Canadian skating introduces, to be honest. That's how I would define Canadian skating, like the lens, whatever. Um, <laughs> the it's not that we like are anywhere near as good as like a lot of the skaters in the States, but we just make it look like, we make like simple stuff that anyone can do. And we actually focus on that and showcase it. Um, and that makes, I guess, people that are not maybe the top pros might be like, oh, this is not that great. But then the average person is like, man, like I can see myself doing it. Like, I like that. <laughs> it like gives them realistic goals. So are we just a bunch of 30-year-old uh, groms? Pretty much. <laughs> But but it gives other people that are just like us kind of like oh that's a good idea like me like with my kind of like out of shape body I can still do this you know I guess that's what we're showing. So we have we have an integrity when we grom out. 
when you think about like to do stuff that Brasco does or like a lot of those guys, you gotta be in like top shape. <sighs> yeah. You gotta be in top shape. I'm not fucking jumping certain. Uh, I don't know. Just some stuff is way too much. Definitely. I was gonna ask you about oh. that with the uh, 80 millimeters. You did you did a few gaps in uh in that Seba edit. Is it hard to get used to landing in the rocker setup? It's way like once you know how. No, no, the rocker is not a problem. Bigger wheels are obviously less stable, but because the boot is more supportive than my aggressive skates, feels about the same. Oh, okay, okay. So, like, for someone like myself, um, I obviously have to do my top buckle up tighter a little bit if I'm going to, like, what? what's the biggest thing that you've, not, I mean, you don't have to measure it, but that you did, like, a 180 onto, like, a bike path in that oh, edit. Yeah. How That was pretty big, wasn't it? Not really. It was but, awkward because you have to kind of go straight out and to the side. So it was kind of like hard to measure the distance. That was like second try. The first try, I kind of like didn't make it. Uh, and then second try, I just went as fast as I can. Uh, well, not really as fast as I can, but yeah, I went fast. It wasn't that big, but it, I was, it was difficult for me. <laughs> so uh, uh, with the 80 millimeter was it weird to get used to for the first while like let's just say I'm at the Kamloops skate park and I want to do what the like I love launching 540s out of the bank is that oh, going to feel weird at first or is that going to be fine oh it's going to be fine yeah yeah I was thinking about is it possible to even eventually, I mean, you won't be able to launch super high, you'd have to go kind of over medium speed, but is it possible to, like, swivel on banks before gapping out of them in mm. Rockard? On quarter pipes? I'm not sure. Not not quarters, but, like, yeah. on a bank at a skate park. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Because I found that, like, the rocker, I tried to do, like, a uh, just a little fakey three on flat ground the first time I used them, and I found... I was used to doing it a certain way in my aggressives and it kind of like threw my body forward in a really weird way that you almost like have to get used to how you use the rocker when you jump on flat ground. Like yeah. It's a different jumping point. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You're not jumping from the center, you're jumping like from your toes. So did you take some weird falls like going out of banks for the first while or quarter pipes or anything like that? No, not really. But yeah, uh, you definitely have to get used to. I, I don't know. I haven't been doing like too too much crazy stuff. Um, are are you gonna work on a new edit over the year, or what? What are you thinking with exploring this new style of skating? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Based on that, um, I guess to answer this before I like forget to answer this question. Um, the answer is I really want to put something out. And it's really weird because I haven't been putting anything out for a very long time. In terms of, uh, like, before, like, ShopTask used to have a blog, so I would constantly put stuff out there. Yeah. Or I had Insta Instagram before, so I would, like, take pictures and put it out there. Yeah. Uh, I never had Facebook, so I guess, like, first I had, like, the blog, and then when the blog stopped, I kind of slowly, it slowly developed into... Um, uh, Instagram and now I stopped doing Instagram and 
so I feel like I haven't been putting anything out, not necessarily skating, just I guess the most I put out is when uh, I talk on your podcast. That's like my only um, outlet to pass on like anything, like ideas or thoughts or whatever onto like the internet. Um, so I've been thinking about it a lot because I don't have anything. I don't have Facebook right now. Um, I don't have, I don't use my Instagram. I haven't used it for a few months. I kind of like stopped doing any of it. And, uh, I really, I feel like I have this need to really put something out. It's, and I notice like everyone else around me, like yourself, um, or just any rollerblader that I met there. It's all about like putting stuff out there. They all have Instagrams, they all have Facebook and it's, I don't know, just the way people live nowadays, there's this constant need to update like the internet about like what you're doing. It's like a weird addiction. It's, uh, oh, anyways, yeah, keep going because I have a, a point so, about this. Yeah, like it's, the computer became such a like weird outlet. And I don't, like it's not, I'm not saying it's good or bad, but it's, uh, I don't know, I really want to put something out, but I am don't have any way of putting stuff out. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, what would you do if all of a sudden, like, the internet stopped working and you wouldn't be able to put out your podcast or, like, show your edits online? Like, how do you think your skating would change? Uh, I would go back to working on, like, longer form projects and then... Uh like go back to sending out videos in the mail probably okay. I think I would just go back to what I did before the internet came and then for for podcasts um, I would continue to record them but I would have to figure out a way to get them out again so so what why is that like why is everyone everyone nowadays trying to like you know record themselves record their thoughts record their ideas like record their vision and skating and put it out there. Uh, What's the purpose? Like, why are we, why are we doing it? It's an ego thing. It's like a, like a fear of death in in some way. Um. Uh, and also, I guess it's a way to feel like you're you're doing something and that you're important. But a lot of the times with um. The videos are different in a way that uh, hmm, what's the right way to answer this Facebook's really cool because I can be at work and quickly post like a link to something or if I have a thought about skating I can post it to one source and then if other people are at work they can quickly look at something like little bursts of inspiration like you can carry uh, skating with you throughout your shitty work day not that I have shitty work days but if people are having a bad work day like you can listen to a podcast at work or or follow someone who skates or quickly see an edit goes up. I think it's that that you can you can carry the things that you love to do with you at all times and share that stuff. Um but it's a double-edged sword where uh, I mean you people just put things out for the sake of putting things out and then you get into the discussions about quantity over quality. But I think it's it's something to do with um like your your ego like you want 
like you want people to think that you're important and that you're here while you're alive in some way I guess is the reason some people do it um, but if you if we were to go back to when we made videos on VHS and then we would send them in the mail that was just like our enthusiasm for skating um, wanting to share ideas I think that's what it comes down to if you were to really distill it is uh, it's like a idea sharing in the end in some way um, but I do have maximum respect for people like yourself who aren't even on Facebook because you're getting lots of other shit done um, I don't I don't know if I, <laughs> I don't know if I do or not but I really wanna I really been thinking about having something like I do want to have a blog I think I think uh, the blog would be a really good start um, um, but I kind of feel like I almost want to have a blog for myself. Yeah. What would it you be? Know, like, just document. I like. I love how you guys have everything documented and organized. And I wish like I could have like my thoughts, my ideas, like everything on like a website. But I don't know if I want this website to be like for everyone. I think I want this website to be for me. It's kind of like having like a picture album at home. Oh yeah, definitely. I know. Um, like I have a blog, and a and a place, and it's more of a place to uh, put things. And you can go back. Like even if I watch a movie, I'll like I'll copy and paste the picture into a post, and it'll just be like kind of a record of things that I was into at that time. So you um, have one of those. I have a blog, yeah. Oh, it's like a secret blog? No, no, it's a open it's uh dot com. I don't update it all the time and then sometimes I update it all the time. Um and then mushroom blading is like all anything to do with Now but does anyone check your joeymcgarry.com? I don't know actually. Seriously, if you think about it. Probably um, yes, right? Maybe at the start of it, like when I had the link up maybe i think the link is on my facebook so anyone who clicks through there oh and if there's a link on on the mushroom blading facebook maybe so you do put it out there like on facebook cuz you do want in some way people to see it it's pretty much sharing ideas and cool shit it's it's like if you're but inspired why, by what why do you need to share the idea i i'm not saying again i'm not like i'm just challenging you why because I'm trying to understand myself. Like, why do I want to have a blog? Why do I want to do this? Um, and in some way, I want to share it with people. And in some way, like, the thing, for example, with Instagram, um, what I loved about Instagram, it was, like, a, a place for me to take pictures yeah. and put a, a cool effect on them and put a title and keep it for myself, kind of. Yeah. I really enjoy, like, my camera on, the, on my iPhone and I sometimes go back and check pictures. Like this is my photo album. So that's I was using like Instagram as a photo album. But as soon as it like recently became like, you know, you, you need to tag this person and this person tags you, and then like people ask you, oh, how come you don't follow me? And it's like I just don't use it that way. Like I'm only using it to store my pictures. Like I don't follow people. Um, <laughs> And it's not because, and and then some people are like, "Oh, it's because you think you're so cool, you don't follow anyone." I was like, "No, I just that's not what I have this 
thing for that's not its purpose and that's when i stopped because like i just didn't want to like give people explanation or trying to look like i'm trying very hard to be different and not follow people you know like not (laughs) like social trap i just yes i was like i'd rather not do it because i don't want to like come across a certain way anyway (laughs) does it make any sense yeah definitely i I think but i do have a need to like um, channel those ideas and thoughts in some way, and I just don't know how. That's think, why I'm so excited to do like podcasts and stuff because it's uh, it's cool. I think the most important thing is if it comes from a good place. Um, if it just comes from a place of being enthusiastic about the ideas that you want to share, or enthusiastic about the stuff that you're putting up, then absolutely, that's the place where I I like to come from because I. I'm on Twitter. I barely use it. My Facebook, like my feed, my news feed, pretty much everyone's X'd out that if I ever want to look for anything, I'll just look up someone's profile. And um, and I used to have this, this thing where like I wanted to hoard like stuff that I liked and not share it. And now I, I like the idea of sharing things that if I have... If I see a cool skating photo in an old Daily Bread or watch an edit that really inspires me, I think it's important to like oh take that inspiration and share it so um it's got to come from a good place really if you do it but if you're doing it just to get people to pay attention then i would say no but but i do enjoy like when i had my uh instagram i did like the idea that like some of my friends can check it and like see what i'm doing if they're if they want to see it i don't know how exactly it works like i'm on their news feed and like i get they get it notification of every picture I post but anyway um, yeah it's kind of cool to know that like if someone really wants to know what I'm up to they can check it um, so I guess this aspect I did I really enjoyed but I I guess the part where I stopped enjoying it is when you, you like this network kind of forced you to act a certain way no you they're um in the end it, it's all they're all tools to uh make sense of your experience while you're on the earth and you can use them however you want so it's the same thing as editing and filming it's uh how do you want to use it i agree i agree but when your friends are telling you like hey man like why aren't you following this like you're are you trying to be like be this no it's not that no, that's their problem yeah anyway <laughs> and uh so yeah my my ultimate recommendation is it's got to come from a good place and they're in the end they're just brand new tools that we're still trying to figure out how to use them um but i'm starting to think more and more that uh if you're completely not using technology you're missing out um but you're you're good at using a little bit of it so there we go. I don't know. I do, I do want to do like a blog or something one day. I because do something. Your uh the way that you see the world and skating and what you're inspired by and what you're interested in is of interest to other people and will inspire them to find things, right? So um that's important too. Yeah, I get Yeah. I guess maybe it's not but, it's not super important, but 
Hmm. It could even just be more important. It could be important for you too, because like I said, a blog can just be a place to put things, and then you look back on it as. But do you want to look back? Um, no, not always. Every once in a while, I'll like, I'll uh, I'll click on a month, and I'll be like, what was I watching or listening to at this time? And sometimes it'll be really close to how I'm feeling at that same part of the year. So. Um, yeah, it's true. The year does affect us a lot. Like beginning of summer. Um, yeah. This is prime skating time. Um, it is. It's it's prime selling time. It's starting. Yeah. Um. Well, I think this is a good amount right here that we did. Cool. Is there anything that you want to add, Leon Bassin? Basin. Basin? Basin. Um, it's Basin. I know. Leon Basin. That's how I've always said it. Maybe um, once in a while I'll throw in a Basin. But anything that you want to add before we Yeah, go? let me think about it. Um, I think Todd and I are sebaskating tomorrow. Oh, fuck you guys. I think. We'll see. I have no one to skate with. <laughs> I've heard that before. Yeah. Yeah, I went for a really good solo session today. But the yeah, the sharing of ideas in person. I'll be up there um in May. I'm going to see Joe Rogan so we can skate. Oh, cool. That would be a good show. Yeah, there's two the first one sold out. There's still tickets I think for the second show. It's at the Vogue. Um so we'll do some exploring of new territory. I want to come to Kamloops. Yeah, definitely. Um, Sometime. I think as the skating season ramps up, um, April and May are usually getting a feel for how things are going to be. And then June, July, August, September, October are always just like prime. June can be kind of like back and forth. But mm -hmm. you know like I just have this obsessive thing about like filming when it's when it's like too too much looking like fall or going into spring. Sometimes I won't use stuff if it's like the beginning stages of uh, ideas for skating. If that I don't even know if that makes any sense. No, I know what you mean. <laughs> like I want like I love everything looking like summery and green. That's why you should put stuff out quicker and then reuse it. Like have like different like cycles, you know, have a cycle of like a month, you know, that you put out a few ideas and things you filmed. But then like over a longer period of time you might use different tricks, you know, and different angles to actually complement like the whole the bigger cycle, like the one year cycle. Yeah, I know. I think I like what uh, Richie and Dustin did, where it's like they put out they put out shorter edits, and then they made like a year end compilation thing. I, I like that idea. I think that's really cool. Yeah, I feel like everyone is gonna start doing it now. <laughs> and uh, that Todd and I we were talking like after ten, after we do the ten mushroom bladings, it's just gonna be like not limited to any kind of content. And especially I want to try and make more stuff in those prime months, like 
June, July, August, September, October. And then I always find the other months are more for just like developing ideas and where you want to go. Whoa. That's Anywho, someone... what do you what do you want to add before we go? Uh, I off. guess I, I wanted to ask, uh, what's the direction with mushroom blading? Where where are you taking us? <laughs> oh. It's gonna be a mix of uh, of using aggressive skates and but I'm definitely. I've been influenced by my first few sessions on these skates, so they'll be, uh, it'll be a little bit of all of the videos up to this point combined into one, and Todd's editing it, so it'll oh. have a much different feel. Oh, fuck. So it's just going to be like a pretty much like a shit mix of everything, and it's the first mushroom blading that hasn't been, every single mushroom blading has been in chronological order, time-wise. Or filmed in a short period, so this is the first one where it's we're just filming a bunch of stuff over a longer period of time. That's cool. I really want to be in your video. Well, you have some things, but we need to do more filming sessions, so um, we have lots of time because it's not going to be edited until uh, closer to the winter time. So cool. you have lots of time. I really want you to be in the video more. You have uh, that one. That one trick that you did is probably one of my favorite things so far is where you like wall rid up that ledge at the skate park and then curved into forward porn star down the ledge. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. That was really cool. Oh and man, I've been thinking of about about a lot of ideas. Oh shit. Well, we need to go out filming then. But hey, I'm still in the uh what are we calling this? The withdrawal period. Yeah, I need to get over my withdrawal period. So, would you recommend just me continually skating these skates? Just do whatever you do, and slowly you'll fall into. You'll do whatever you prefer. Oh shit! So just give it time, but give it enough time. You know, like keep yeah. on experimenting with this and that, and really like trying to improve with the other skates instead of like just oh like I can't do front sides and giving up. Just give it enough time. Oh, there was already a couple things at the park tonight that I had done in my old skates that I did faster and smoother and was able to add extra things. So, I guess what happens, like once you start using bigger wheels, uh, at first you miss a lot of the tricks from uh, aggressive, like with aggressive skates, but slowly, and every time you go to back to aggressive skates, there's certain tricks that you start missing from the big wheels. And if you use them both, after like a month, there's way too many things that you miss about your big wheels. <laughs> not willing to compromise anymore. You're like, fuck this. I'm not rolling that slow on this pavement. And that's it. You know, you just, there's certain things that you just can't compromise anymore when you know, when you've seen like the other side. <laughs> well, if there was a good moment to leave it at, that's a pretty good one. Okay, peace, dog. Okay, have a good night, Leon. Thanks for doing that. Thanks for hanging out with me. And, Yo, what um, is that edit going to be done? Um, I'm hoping tomorrow night. Oh. Okay, very exciting. Yeah, so okay. I'll keep you posted. Okay. Okay, peace. Peace.